Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans-Christian Wittinghus. Hello guys and girls and welcome back to another episode of A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. First up, a quick update on my Patreon page where you can now get one-on-one -on -one video calls with me, you can get feedback on your own game and there are lots of other benefits as well. Any support you give will go directly into my expenses covering this podcast but also my travel expenses for flights and hotels when I travel the world competing with my badminton. As always, you can still choose your own level of support from as little as $1 a month and you will, as a Patreon, always have the core benefits like early access, shoutouts, getting questions answered on the podcast and monthly live group chats. So please go check it out at patreon.com slash For those already signed up last month, please stay tuned until the end of the episode where I reveal the winners of two of my signed game-worn t-shirts. Since the latest episode, I've lost a few patrons, but also gained a few, so we are now a total of 42. Thank you so much everyone, your support is greatly appreciated, and of course a special welcome to the two newest additions, Ian and Mel. I look forward to talk to both of you guys very soon. Now, let's move on with the rest of this episode. Not a lot of news in terms of my badminton as since I returned from Japan I've had some days off. I'm actually on a mini holiday. I'm still at home in uh, at my house in Valensbeck in Denmark but I'm just taking some days off uh, like a, uh, a week actually. So I'll have a one week holiday from badminton. My training will start again on Thursday this week. So I played my match in Japan on Tuesday, did a little bit of training on Wednesday and now I've started doing a little bit of gym work again but I won't be going back on court until Thursday this week. So that's uh, yeah, just about a week of no badminton at all. I do need to get started again on Thursday though because on Saturday I will have my first league match in the Danish league system uh, this season. As I've mentioned before, I have changed clubs to a club called Vido, which is only like a 10 minute drive from my house. So that is very, very nice. We play in the second highest division in Denmark. Unfortunately, the club just missed out on promotion to the best league. They lost the, uh, the playoff match for going up to the best league. So we will have another year in the second best division, which is called first division. And there is no doubt that our clear goal is to win the league and gain promotion for the best league. And even if it's only the second best league in the, in the country, there are still quite some very some quite good players uh, in there. On Saturday, I will most likely be playing a guy called Rasmus Messerschmidt. I'm sure if you are Dane, you will know who he is. I definitely know him very well. I've lost to him uh, on a few occasions. I actually think I lost the last time I played him. I've also beaten him many times, luckily more times than I've lost, but uh, it's just to say that he's a guy that I need to respect and he's a guy who can, on his days, play at a very high level. So it will be a tough start and I think he might actually be uh, the best player 
except myself, of course, in uh, in first division uh, this coming season. So that's a tough one to start out with, but I'm uh, excited about it. I'm just looking forward to get started with the season for Villon. The club is very ambitious and they've welcomed me in a great way. So I just hope that I can get a good start and we can uh, take a step in the right direction towards winning promotion at the end of the season. Talking about Villon, I've had a question from one of my patrons, Shenna, about my role on the team, because I'm also coaching there a bit this year. So I thought, since there are not a lot of other news about my badminton from uh, the past week, I will uh, answer a few questions in, the po- in this podcast. And Shenna, my role for my position in Villor is going to be first and foremost I'm a player in the league matches but on a weekly basis every Thursday actually every Thursday evening I will be coaching the singles players from all the senior teams so we have I think it's four or five teams in Villor I think it's four and so all the singles players I will be coaching them every Thursday evening for the club practice we have there so I will give them lots of inputs and the best possible singles training, hopefully. Um, I will also be in the club on some Sundays where I'll be coaching not only the singles players, but any player who wants to to be there. So I'll be coaching once or twice a week. Um, and yeah, mostly the singles players, but also at sometimes on Sundays, it will also be doubles players. In terms of the actual league matches, my main focus will be on playing. We have Anas Christiansen, Uh, As the head coach, he will be in charge of coaching and setting up uh, the lineup and stuff like that. And we also have Niklas Nør, who recently retired from the national team there as the assistant coach. So I won't have to be doing much coaching duties when we are playing the first team matches. I will be focusing on playing. But obviously, I will also try to give some feedback, especially again to the singles players. We have some young lady singles, especially that are trying to become great badminton players so i hopefully i can give them some feedback and i'll learn a lot more about the game if i can watch them play in the league matches and that will help me also give them better feedback in training on thursdays and sundays another question is from Asak, who is asking about my opinion on Indians purposely using cheap tactics, as you call it, delaying the match, especially the men's singles and men's doubles players. And with cheap tactics, you are talking about tactics like a plaster to get themselves extra time and disrupt the momentum of players. Yeah, also other things just to try and buy themselves some time to rest. And I don't think, to be honest, that the Indians are much worse than anyone else basically it's it's part of the game to disrupt the opponent's rhythm everyone is trying to do it you you can do it in many ways sometimes it's just trying to change a shuttle or tie a shoelace or complain a little bit to the umpire maybe not everyone is doing it but a lot of players are doing it Uh, i cannot say i've never done it myself before Um, we we all do little things to try and disrupt the momentum on the other side of the net every now and then. It may not be the most attractive thing to do, but uh, yeah, it is just part of the game at this, this level, I'll say. And I think actually the main issue is that there is an umpire there that is supposed to handle it. And we have a lot of issues with umpires who 
do not really know anything about what is going on in court. So they they don't sense what the players are doing. Because obviously if they did that, they'd, they would stop it a lot faster than what they do uh, most of the time. I don't want to say this about all umpires because we also have some really good ones, but there are way too many who do not really understand what is going on. And because of that, the players will just get away with basically doing anything to to delay the game or break the momentum of their opponents. I think a great example as well uh, of an umpire who didn't really understand what was going on was at the Japan Open, which has recently been played, where Nishimoto in the men's single semifinal played Anas Entons, and there were a lot of controversy about Nishimoto serving before Anas was ready, and Nishimoto was all the time serving exactly at the moment when Anas is looking up, getting ready, which is almost impossible when you are getting ready to then return the serve. But on the other hand, Anas was also exploiting it every now and then when he get a little got a little bit caught off guard on flick serves, just trying to say that uh, he he wasn't ready and, and get the the point to be played let. It really seemed like the umpire never really understood like what those two guys were trying to do to each other and it, it just at the end just got out of hand completely. So it's not that I really like it or anything, but I also just accept that it is part of the game. And I think at high level sports, you will always have that, that all athletes or at least most athletes will try to explore the rules or they will try to, to find ways to gain small advantages. And then for me, yeah, it's up to the umpire to, to try and make sure that it doesn't get out of hand and make sure that players are still acting within the current set of rules. All right, I think that will be it with the questions. I will now move on to the final part of the podcast, picking the two winners of two of my signed game shirts. So everyone who signed up as a patron in August and is still signed up this month, or if you signed up before August and is still signed up now, has a chance of winning two of my signed game t-shirts. So I will draw two winners now. And the first one here is Peter Capetz. And the second one is Rasmus Rasmussen. So Peter and Rasmus, congrats. And I will uh, contact you about how to get the shirt sent out to you. Everyone, thanks so much for listening to another episode. I hope you found it interesting, even if I didn't have a lot of news this time. I will be back again next week with an update on how I got on in the league match and also how my training has been going for the past week. If you have any questions or anything else you want me to talk about on the podcast, please send me a message and I will have a look at it. And if you're a patron, then of course I will answer. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app.